Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters and that with God, even the broken parts of your story can have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. I am so excited to welcome to the podcast today, Broadway star, Quentin Earl Darrington. Quentin was most recently nominated for a Grammy for his role as Ogway in the Tony Award-winning revival of Once on this Island. He made his Broadway debut as Colehouse Walker Jr. in the 2010 Tony-nominated revival of Ragtime, and he also starred as Old Deuteronomy in the Broadway revival of Cats. Quentin's career has allowed him so many opportunities to share his gifts with the world on stages everywhere. He has been seen in 46 of the U.S. states, the Caribbean, Canada, and Europe, performing in various concerts and shows, including the Broadway national tours of Memphis, The Color Purple, and The Lion King. Quentin has also starred in productions at the New York City Center, the Kennedy Center, the Paper Mill Playhouse, the Muni, the Cincinnati Playhouse, Sacramento Music Circus, and the Goodspeed Opera House, among others. Quentin, I'm talking to a Broadway legend today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, it is an honor. It is an honor. Thank you for having me, Laura Lee. Yeah, I wish we could be neighbors uh, on Broadway right now. I wish that was right. Oh, yes, yes. Mean Girls and MJ Uh are next door. Listen, it's going to because you, you, I I hear that you were there for two days. Two days. Three days. It was wild. (laughs) Yo, it's 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 so ironic that. I mean, first of all, it's it's a it's a blessing from the Lord to be able to be on Broadway one time, yeah. um, let alone let alone Amen. multiple times. But the cool thing is that this will be my fourth Broadway show in the same theater every time. What? I've only been in one other Broadway theater, but all of my shows have been in the same theater Quentin. in the Neil Simon. So that's that's like my block in my neighborhood. So welcome that to the neighborhood. That really is. You know, I really like that neighborhood. It's really cool. I didn't get to know it much, but I was already finding my favorite like coffee shops right, and right, right. <laughs> restaurants. I, I know everybody around those blocks. It's so cool. Yeah. So, Quentin, I talk on the podcast about how Jesus takes us from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. It's truly life transformation when we know and receive his love. So I want to ask, when did you first encounter the love of Jesus and how has he transformed your life? Uh, that's a, a, a very, very beautiful question. And I wish I had a very specific answer for you, Barley, <laughs> because all of my life, um, uh, I don't think there's a specific instance where I, I didn't know um, God in my life. From the time I was a, a kid, a small, small kid, my mom, we grew up in the church. Uh, we went like every day of the week. 
<laughs> like wow. every day. Like my mom uh, was a Sunday school teacher and she was part of the leadership of the church for, for many, many years. So me and my brothers, me and my brother and my mom. And so if we weren't at Bible study, we were at choir practice. If we weren't at choir practice, we were at some play practice. If not there, then we were doing uh, serving with some ministry and then vacation Bible school. And then so many different, you know, all of the things in the church, right? So we grew up, um, uh, but it's interesting, you know, even having that foundation of growing up around um, Christian friends and Christian family, um, there had to absolutely come a place and time in my life where um, I had to step out on my own to figure out this relationship with God on my own um, without being necessarily constantly in that beautiful um, safety net, you know, the church and the community that I grew up in as I got older, definitely in high school, uh, started to face different other kinds of challenges um, as I grew and then definitely going off into college, you know, on my own out even, you know, away from my city when I was an undergrad. And just to really give kind of, you know, kind of a uh, some clarity to that uh, question, I would say for me in high school, I had a moment where my dad took me to my very first uh, musical to see. And the musical was called, oh, I think it was called Wicked Ways or something like that. I'm not sure. Was it like a church musical? Yep. Okay. It was was a gospel play. And it was a gospel play slash musical that was at the Tampa Bay Performing Arts Center. Now it's called the Strads Performing Arts Center. But there's a Tampa Bay Performing Arts Center in Tampa, Florida. And it was a big trip because it happened like after a wrestling practice. My dad just picked me up and surprised me, took me to the theater to see this play. I was floored. I was moved. I boohoo cried throughout it because the the whole context of the play, the major idea, the theme is forgiveness. And it's, 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 it's the story of the prodigal son. It's kind of leaving away, going and, you know, having all these, fulfilling all these worldly, earthly desires, but then coming back. And, um, Actually, the show might have been called Mama, I'm Sorry, because the one of the title songs was called Mama, I'm Sorry. And then I just wrecked. I was going through this really rebellious phase in high school, you know, rebelling from my mom, rebelling from instruction, rebelling from so much and just kind of coming into my own skin and my adolescence. And and that hit me so hard, that musical and what was transferred across the stage, you know, and and my heart was just so softened and I could, every breath I took, I just cried more and I rushed home that night. I fell on my knees and I began to pray to God and and again, I've I've known what salvation was. I've I felt like I've taken the altar call three, four, five, sixteen times, and. But this night was a little bit different. Um, there was no pastor giving an invitation. There was no uh, formal altar call. There was no music. It was just me in my room with my complete look at myself, realizing what my need for Christ and my need for God um, and making it a conscious and uh, selfless decision for just me. And I prayed that night and asked the Lord into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. 
And that began a journey. And I got up from my knees. I ran, ran into my mom's room and sung the song that I had just heard in the show to say I'm sorry, <laughs> to ask her to forgive me. Kind of That was the beginning. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, we all have that time that I was also raised in the church and it's, it's different to experience Jesus and to, to realize your real need for him. And, um, to then begin walking with him in that way. He's just, he's so good. Um, when we were talking about our conversation today, you just couldn't stop talking about the love of Jesus how have you experienced his love on a on a really personal level in your own life? Well, the first thing that comes out in my mind is that no matter how sinful I am or have been, no matter what I struggle with and continue to struggle with in my life, um, as I look back at all the times that I was unloving to God and walked away and um, got into all kinds of mess and foolishness, um, God still loved me. God still blessed me. God still waits for me. God still has open arms to invite me um, into his presence. God still provides for me. God still takes care of me and those that I love. And man, like, I think more than anything, when I think about the love of God and the love of Christ, it's that that shakes me and pushes me forward and 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 is what i build my work and my foundation and my living on is that in spite of me in spite of where i've been what i've done how good i am or what people others think of me or anything just in spite of me god still loves on me God doesn't beat me up over the head. God doesn't twist my arms behind my back. Mm-hmm. Say, you gotta love me. You better love me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, God, God actually absolutely has his ways of getting me in check. But one of the greatest ways in my entire life, as I look back that God gets me in check is loving me more. And I can't help but to respond um, to God by surrendering and consciously looking at myself for towards repentance and toward still walking with him. Um, so it's that love that I have been taught by our savior. And it's that love that kind of, as I reflect upon life and look at life and my teachings and places that I go, it's, that's actually what I look for. That's the kind of love that I want to look to express as well. Um, that, I don't judge, I don't qualify, I don't condemn, I don't force anything toward anyone. That my love is one that I want to be that can die to myself, know Mm. where I've been, know that without God, I am nothing, there is nothing. And if I can just open a door for someone to have hope, put a smile on their face, to feel encouraged, to feel comforted um, every moment that I'm around them or with them. To me, that's the way that I love to love and to actively pursue that for humanity and for people. And I believe in doing so that I give glory to God and God loves that. That's powerful, Quentin. And you do do that. And I believe that you're leaving a trail of love through um, all the projects you're working on and uh, just everything you do. That's it's so inspiring as someone who's, um, kind of rising into the industry that 
um, it's just, it's about love and it's about uh, bringing the hope and love of Jesus to people through our lives and through our work. So you, um, you're just in once on this island and we are talking about love and the power of love is really what brings people together in, in that show. So how did you experience carrying the love of Jesus into telling a story uh, like, like once on this island? Oh, there, there's so many ways. What's on this island? Like, is it, is, it's a, first of all, it's a, like a story in a story in a story. All right. It's, it's so dope. It's amazing. So, and, and the way that we did it, you know, in the round, um, which is the reason why the ones on this island is so brilliant and our, our production in particular, it's, it's almost for an artist, for an actor, you take the limits off, you take away the walls. It's like, there's no, limitations it's it's like acting on superhero level i mean it really is that there's no proscenium there's no back wall there's no footlights there's no the audience is a part of the experience and you're a part of the audience all in one i mean literally some of the action is happening behind the audience in the middle of the audience it's up and down the aisles it's and everybody is integrated together so it's it's truly an experience. So with that said, it's almost like the omnipresence of God. So, I mean, there's a tie right there. Yeah. Being, being in all places at all times, being able to being able to share and feel, you know, that interaction with the audience and involve them into it, letting them and allowing them to intimately be involved with the process. Um, and again, there's another co connection. God always wants to intimately be a part of our lives and wants us to be intimately involved with him relationships. So there's a tie in that level of work with once on this Island that I absolutely was conscious of and brought to my work as well, because I do believe that the work that I do and, um, the offering and service that I give as an actor is, is from God by God. It's, it's a gift. Mm, and that gift amen. is for that gift is for people. And I enter the space and I enter the work with that intention. Absolutely. To be able to allow God to use me and work through me for them. So having that level of intimacy with the audience allows that greater intimacy with the Lord. Um, and one, one other way that I'll say is also that um, I played a God. <laughs> you know yeah. in in the show you know and um i just love that um the lord uses his angels and and uh spirit and himself and the holy spirit that works with us and in us and around us every single day and so it was it was interesting to create characteristic and um connection with what I would see or know or believe a spirit to be. And, uh, and that's part of the basis of how I created Agwe. Wow. Did you learn anything like fascinating about the Holy Spirit during your time? Like, I don't know, just dreaming about it and seeking that? I will say not, not necessarily particularly with Agwe, but the role that I did right before that, and there's a connection, I played Old Deuteronomy in Cats. And Old Deuteronomy, um, what was so pro profound about, because here's a lot of times uh, those who may not know cats or may not even be a fan of cats can really kind of just see, man, this is a show about cats and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and all of these personalities and characteristics. Yeah. 
but it is so, so, so much more. And when I look at old Deuteronomy, I started right there. Okay, let me read Deuteronomy. So I've known stories in Deuteronomy, but I've, but I've never read it from beginning to end. And my God, talk about the revelation that I received. Old Deuteronomy and cats for me absolutely was Moses. And here are the children of Israel. And the whole story of cats, the whole story of cats is Deuteronomy and Exodus. Um, oh, that's my a, gosh. That's what it is. Now, that is exactly how I entered into the space. And that's what I was doing. I was trying to get the people to recognize that God loves them and needs them. And you must be obedient. Stay away from the rebellion. Stay away wow. from the idols. Stay away. And that's old Deuteronomy, the leader, trying to usher the people to get to the heavy side layer, <laughs> to get to heaven. Um, and it is all about repentance and accepting the Lord thy God. So. I say that to bring up that, yes, in every show, there is a connection to, to God because in every aspect of life and humanity, there is a connection to God. Absolutely. Yeah. Always. Always. It's, now, not all people are completely aware or walk within that knowledge or knowing, um, but for those of us who pursue and want to thirst more and, and gain more in the Lord and the awareness and the consciousness of, of, of our God. Um, for me, it's infused with every role, every show and every way, um, because I'm hoping to allow people to see God in it. Wow. That's so cool. And to think that you just are continuing to learn more. I mean, our whole lives as Christians is just like learning more and more and more about the layers and layers of layers of God's love for us and his character. And then there's, the word of God that just is infinitely deeper than that cool? we can even imagine. Like, and it's a story. So it's so cool to hear that you took, I mean, just the greatest story ever told and you're able to incorporate that into your storytelling on stage. Um, I mean, God's a creator. And even if you're not a creator in the performing arts, we're all made to create something. So uh, it's awesome to hear that he's just so intimately a part of what you do. Well, Quentin, you've lived a lot more life than I have, and you've gotten to know <laughs> <laughs> you've gotten to know uh, Jesus for more years than me. But I think that sometimes I tend to maybe the listeners can relate um, overcomplicate things. <laughs> and what I've learned from people that are older than me is that it's just so much simpler than we make it. <laughs> so, if you could simplify it for me and I guess for the person listening, how would you like, what's one golden nugget of wisdom? I'll give you one golden nugget, but I want to preface before I say this. Um, yes. With time comes more patience, maturity, um, growth, wisdom. Absolutely. And I honor time and I'm an extremely patient man. And I've learned that over the years as well, but I, but I want to say this, um, as it relates to um, maybe someone who may be older with um, the young, um, there is so much power and so much beauty 
and wisdom and insight in the young as well. And for anyone who is listening, who may be just starting out in this walk, or maybe a younger Christian or just a younger person, it does not disqualify you from being effective for people and for the kingdom at all. As a matter of fact, there are certain people right now, many that I listen to that I am so inspired by who are half my age. Um, who are much younger and have a connection and an authority over love and loving people and loving God that inspires me to keep reaching for more. So I just wanted to preface by saying that. Um, this journey for me, I feel like is always beginning. Beginning in a way that I never claim to have arrived I never claim, Laura Lee, to feel that I've got it all together. I'm somebody in the Lord. I'm somebody in this business. I'm somebody. Never, man. Never. Um, like, no. Nah. I still mess up. I still fall flat on my face. I still have issues. But what I do know is that I'm not who I was yesterday. Mm. I do know that by the grace of God and his mercy and his tender loving kindness, that I am redeemed and I have a chance to continue to glorify him and to love people better and to keep moving forward. And. And it's a choice, it's a daily choice, you know? And I love following my God and I want to be better. I want to be stronger. I want to be more knowledgeable. I want to be more loving. And I keep walking daily um, and pray for God's health and strength along the way. So my nugget, my nugget that I want to give is this. Oftentimes, uh, there's a great old pastor at, uh, what was the church? The church was Willow Creek in Chicago. I was at Willow Creek in Chicago great great church great leadership great pastors uh in chicago i was there visiting with a friend of mine one day at the time and this this the pastor was preaching and he gave this awesome message on love and it resonated with me of course and what he said is that a lot of times we like to kind of um uh, either tell people or even tell ourselves or assume this position that you know we're we're down with christ we're very very close me and god are good you know I'm praying every day, you know, I'm intimately connected, you know, um, it's all good, right? And he said, he said, he began to teach, you know, the best way to tell kind of where you are with God, uh, a, a good barometer to share and to measure your relationship with Christ. He said, it's very simple. It's very simple. It's this. It's how you love people. Mm. He said, Period. He said he comes across so many Christians and teachers and theologians that have, you know, so much wisdom and knowledge and all of these things, but hate people. Don't do anything for people. Don't serve people. Reject people. Condemn people. Um, uh, judge people. Uh, disqualify people. Uh, detach themselves constantly, constantly. And he said it's an easy barometer. It's an easy barometer, no matter your level of knowledge, no matter how long you've been walking with Christ, a simple way to tell how healthy your relationship is with Christ is how you love others. And so I will say for anyone listening today that if there's ever a time when you wanna draw near to God, um, absolutely through prayer, absolutely through reading his word. But after you pray and as you read your word or as you pray and as you read your word, get up on your your feet or get into motion any kind of way that you do and go serve people mm. find a way find a way to go love people 
to go give comfort to the sick, to help the hurting, somebody who may be empty or lost or broken or forgotten or considers themselves um, out on the outskirts. And guess what? You don't have to look that far ever, ever. You don't have to go that far, look that far. Um, it may be somebody in your own family. It may be someone you live with, if your roommate, your, your brothers or sisters, even your mom or dad, your teachers, your students. It could be somebody around the corner, your neighbor. You don't have to go that far. Just keep the consciousness and the heart open to be a vessel of love toward other people so that they can experience what God has done inside of you and does inside of you every single day. And if you got a smile on your face, somebody else should be able to have a smile on their face as well. And just watch how God works through your willingness to just go and love somebody and serve somebody. And I think that that is what can keep you down with Christ. so good that it I, that is abiding with christ is loving his people isn't it quentin so now what i'm thinking of is there's just so many <laughs> there are lots of challenges that come along with being an artist and a creative because it's just every day's a new day and i think it um leads to just a, a very deep trust <laughs> with god that he's gonna hold us um, through the next leap of faith. Where, how have you experienced the Lord holding you? Um, is there like a specific time that you remember just it being really challenging or um, yeah, just how have you experienced him holding you through the challenges that come along with being a, a performing artist? Yes. Um, there's been a lot. There's um, That's one thing that, uh, yeah, that's, that's one thing that um, Jesus promises that this life is not necessarily, or will it be easy? Um, there will be trials, there will be mountains, there will be persecution, there will be um, so much. And, and I love that Christ also says that, um, but don't fear, don't trip, don't worry, because I have overcome the world, even though the world brings these things upon us and does it. So for me, and I'll share what the experience, some of the experiences are, but so my posture has become, you know, expect it, number one, expect the hardships, expect, so be prepared for them because they come. Um, but also know that I have hope even as they come. It doesn't matter how big it is, how big the mountain is. It doesn't matter to me because I know that I will get to the other side, no matter what. Jesus promises that he'll keep me and hold me through it um, if I stay with him. And I know that all things are possible in Christ if I stay with him and I obey him. Um, so my part of my, my posture is to simply focus and keep my eyes on him and keep my eyes on obedience. And so therefore, anything that the world has in front of me to come rob me of my joy or to hurt, quote unquote, hurt me or um, it's, it's all good. So one particular thing i got a uh, i got a really 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 nice um offering of a deal from a, a, a tv network and show and one of my um dreams one of my goals is to to become a series regular on a tv show and the reason why i that is one of my passions and one of my goals is is uh, to create a continued uh, platform and legacy for my grandchildren 
Of course, I don't have grandchildren yet, but I'm living and working for them today. And um, that's very, very important to me. And one of the ways in this craft, in this, in the business of our craft, that I see that happening one way, and there are others, but one way that I see it and that I believe has been, been impressioned upon my heart is through this medium, through television. So I've never been like uh, so passionate about jumping in every TV show and I got to be in the biggest show and the biggest movie. And it's not really that. I love the, the art and the medium of performance and acting, of course, and I love the stage more. But um, as a goal toward the business and the places that I'd like to get to for my grandchildren, um, I see it be a, vi a viable tool. And so it was offered to me, Laura Lee. Um, it came. It came, I auditioned, it came, and it was beautiful. Everything seemingly was perfect until it wasn't. Um, I began to see that um, there were a lot of compromises that uh, I would have had to make. Um, there were a lot of uh, things that were uh, would have been asked of me uh, that aren't congruent with my heart or my spirit. Um, and. I knew going into it that I would be troubled. I would be um, constantly divided. Uh, I don't know if I could have been fully proud, you know, of the work. Um, but more importantly, the, the the systems that were creating the space for me to be able to do it kept shifting and kept changing. No, nothing was like constant. I couldn't like rest in, I couldn't rest assured or like put my feet, you know, firmly planted on making a decision because every time that I thought I made the decision, I was like, okay, it's okay. This can work. Something would shift from this, you know, from the, from the system side or the network side, something would shift. It kept shifting. It kept shifting. And I kept saying, man, if things are shifting this much now, what happens when I get a year, two, three years, four years into this contract? Is it going to keep shifting? Is it going to keep compromising me? Is it going to keep pushing me? You know what I mean? It was, and it was really, really tough because I got to tell you, it was a significant position to be in that would change my life completely. And I went to those who, some wise counsel, some mentors in my life. I had to stay in prayer constantly and I never, ever found peace in this decision to move forward, you know, with this. And it came back to me at the final hour. Laura Lee, I had decided to actually still take it, go against kind of what my heart was saying, go against what I, I didn't think, feel like that's, or maybe God was telling me very clearly. Uh -uh. Um, and I was, I was like, but God, hold on, wait a minute. This is a whole lot of, this is a whole lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. This is, this is beyond six zeros. This is like, come on. This is seven and seven and beyond. And I'm like, and I've never, in my whole career as an artist, as a theater artist, we, we don't go or come into money like that. Um, like like the TV and the movie world. And, and I've never been a part of the TV movie world except for like guest starring. And so this was a significant shift. And um, it, it was a lot of temptations and a lot of, um, uh, soul searching that I had to do in this process and and I felt like I was like a, a wet rag being wrong being wrong trying to figure out what to do and 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 maybe I could still do it but then just make everything work out you know so the final hour came 
the final hour came and um, I had made the decision to do it anyway. And that day, it was a Saturday, I was at the swimming pool with my boys and uh, I got a call from one of my agents and they said, you know, Q, uh, before you jump on that plane uh, in two days, I was getting on a plane in two days to go start this work. I said, before you jump on that plane, there's something else I got to tell you, something else has changed. They also, da 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 something else had happened that, that was supposedly all cool and it was good, right? At the final hour, I was like, man, and it was one of the biggest points of one of the issues that I was having, where they had said at first, it's all good, you're gonna be okay. Here, right before two days, I'm getting ready to go. Now, all of a sudden, it's gone. And I said, wow, I said, okay. And I had one hour to decide, finally. And I sat there for 30 minutes. I prayed again. I called my agent back and I said, after two months of this going back and forth, I said, just end it, let it go. I'm, I'm okay with walking away from all of it. And that was, that was the ending of it all. And it all went away. And so I really, I will tell you this, after all of that, the, the pressure that I went through, the stress that I went through making the decision. Now granted, here's, here's, the, here's the thing. In the grand scheme of things, when I'm talking about this, and for those who may list, be listening, I, I understand that it's already a, a tremendous blessing to be able to have to make such a decision and already having the career that I have had. I, I, I don't take it for granted at all. You know, um, it's not like I'm going under open heart surgery in this decision or what I was dealing with. But what was being tested what was on the table is the level of my faith toward compromising my spirit and my soul and toward God. And that is one of, I believe, one of the growing tools and, and, and um, what I want to call it, one of the, I don't know, one of the cooking pots that, that we go through in this life of faith to graduate, to keep moving forward and to grow with God. And I absolutely was going through one of those moments with him. And, and I'm so thankful that literally the day after I made that decision, after two months of turmoil and indecision and stress, I had complete peace. And I've never ever looked back since that moment. And it's all good. And I'm so thankful for that. And now there's a great testimony in that to share with all of my students all over the world that has been a blessing. Thank you for sharing that with us. And it's just, it's encouraging to me to think that, you know, we do have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so we're given, we're given peace and, and we're given guidance when we ask for it. And just like you asked for it, he gave it to you. And the next day you just were flooded with peace. That's wow. That is a testimony to his goodness. Well, Quentin, um, it's easy to forget God, I think. And therefore as followers of Christ, we have to set up um, ourselves for success in remembering him and continuing to remember him for the listeners and, and for me as well, how do you how do you practically or what does it practically look like for you just day by day to to remem- choose to remember God? 
Amen. Amen. That, that's a great question. And um, remember how I told you that um, oftentimes in my life, I felt like uh, I'm always beginning, I'm beginning again. And there's so much that I've learned and I'm learning along the way. And I wouldn't qualify as many, probably a lot of us wouldn't consider ourselves the, the greatest Christians ever or the most astute followers. Um, I, I definitely fit in that category because what the question you just asked was, what do I have in practice? There's many, many, many times in my life for many, many, many years, so there was nothing in practice at all. I was following God on a whim, on a, on a, on, 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 I know him, I know that I'm saved and I kind of just live my life and, and I'm good to folk and, and go to church when I can. And, and in some intents and purposes, I mean, of course, God has kept me and God has sheltered me and uh, protected me and those I loved along the way. But I also have been very, very exposed uh, to the enemy. I've been very, very much exposed to sin. I've been very, very much exposed um, to so much hardship along the way in kind of not choosing off times a narrow way um, and staying in more of a ambiguous, open path, you know, experiencing many, many different things along the way as a Christian. Um, but I'll say this, in recent time, um, even this day, it has been so profound and I have been learning and my eyes have been opening so much more to commitment to discipline and commitment to obedience. And that is the refrain of my heart and my day today. I can't say again that that's always been my walk. Not at all. I can't, I would it would be foolish to me to say, oh, yeah, you got to do this. And the, da, 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 da. No, 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 no. That's not me at all. That's not me at all. I, I have been a broken man for many, many, many years. In my, and again, from the outside, people just see, you know, um, an encourager, a motivator, which I am. And, and that's one of my gift, one of my giftings. But underneath all of that, when your heart isn't right with God and your walk isn't right and there is no real discipline and you're kind of just floating in your Christianity. Um, you're open to so much and sin consumes you, um, even us believers. And it's rare that we hear a lot of Christians talk about that or um, that kind of way of walking with God, but or not walking with God, but it's real. It's been real for me. But what I will say, like I was getting to, my point was that uh, today um, it has been so profoundly awesome and I'm learning more and more about a more disciplined life. Discipline is not easy. Um, most of us and our human nature kind of goes against discipline. We want to try it. We want to try it all. We want to do it all. I mean, I mean, even think about the, the, the idea of sowing seed and planting seed. It takes discipline to take a seed, put it into the ground, water it, let, and, and wait. Take care of it and wait. And you got to wait, right? It's it take you got to wait. It's, it takes so much discipline to grow. Our society today teaches us. Our society today teaches us to get things now, instant, fast, the microwave version. You know, we got the social media just pops up. Oh, read things for five seconds or play. You know, fast, 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 fast. And it's really kind of numbed our senses. It's numbed our 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 way that we live. 
So the stuff that happens to us, um, we truly can't experience the fullness of it because it's so quick. We didn't work for it. We didn't use any discipline to get it. We, um, there is no true commitments to it anymore. It's just, you can kind of just float and get a little bit of this and get a little bit of that. Now, I'm not here to say that I judge that way at all, at all. I say this. I say I know what I've done, and I know that I don't want to live a life that's undisciplined. I don't want to live a spiritual life or walk a spiritual walk anymore in my life that's undisciplined. I know that I've been there, got the t-shirt, and and it's it's so compromising, and it hurts so many people. It hurts so many people around you. It hurts relationships. It, I believe it hurts God's heart. It, 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 it limits your effectiveness to love. It limits your effectiveness to, to dream and to hope. It limits your effectiveness to, to, to let your light shine. Um, and here's the thing. The crazy thing is that you can live in this way and just get used to it. And it just becomes comfortable. And you think it's a norm, but God always has a way of being like, hey, how about today? How about now? You want to follow me today? No? Oh, cool. Hey, hey, how about, how about today? And God has been how about today and me for years, even in this Christian walk, for years. And I got to tell you, Laura Lee, that um, uh, I am responding to his call. And I am responding to his insistence word to me to get disciplined. And what discipline means to me and what it looks like to me is not only staying in his word, um, not only reading it daily, not only being in constant communication with God daily, but there's a unique caveat to that type of discipline and growing in the knowledge of God. But it is the aspect that we talked before about love. What love looks like to me is death. Um, God says, greater love hath no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. To me, that's death. Can you put down yourself so that someone else can receive? Can you forego yourself? And that's the same example that Christ Jesus did for us, ultimately, of course, with his life, so that we can find freedom and atonement and love and relationship to the Father, to God. And I believe that Jesus is asking us all to do the same. Can you die to yourself? Can you the man who loves his life loses it, but he who uh, is willing to give up his life gains. To live is Christ and to die is gain. To me, love is death. If you can wake up every morning, pick up your cross, die to yourself, and follow Christ, you find love. And you're able to effectively give and share love to people and to the world, which is what I believe that God is asking us to do. Will you die to yourself today so that I can be glorified and so that people can be drawn to me? Um, this is the discipline 
that I want to continue to experience and to build in the fabric of my life and my art, a disciplined daily death so that other people can witness the power of God through me as a vessel that he uses and so that God can be glorified in it. Um, that is my commitment and that is what I want to keep doing um, for the rest of this Christian walk. Um, and I'm learning every day. Mm. Wow, that, that's, that's humility. Seriously, it's powerful. Um, well, Quentin, I end, I end each episode by asking my guests two fun questions. Are you ready for some fun questions? No doubt. I'm always ready for fun. Okay. What's up? So the first one is what musical or if you might have taken a break from musical theater in this quarantine time, <laughs> rightfully so, uh, but have you been listening to a musical recently that you love? Ooh, have I been listening to one? Uh, I haven't been listening to one recently, but... Any specific music? A musical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I listen to music every day. I, I love... Uh, I listen to music all day, every day. But I want to go back to the, uh, the musical question. I have been listening. Uh, there was a musical that I saw right before everything shut down that blessed my soul. It was so dope. And it seems to have resonated with the world, too. Um, but it's Dear Evan Hansen. Um, Dear Evan Hansen was so dope, man. I, I, I loved it. I never had gotten a chance to see it um, when it first came out over the years. And um, But uh, when my buddy started starring in it, uh, Jordan Fisher, I had to go I had to go support him and see him in it. And I said, man, I got to see this, right? I was blown away, not only, of course, by his performance and the entire cast, everybody was on point, but the story, the music just resonated with me. And, and um, so that, that's one of the last musicals that really just moved me and touched my soul. And I, and I, and I loved it. Loved wow. It. Okay. And then you are starting at MJ, the musical. What, what excites you about this new project? The cast, period. Mm. The cast, period. period. Period, 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 period. It's 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 like I've been in a lot of shows and I've worked with a lot of people and a lot of cast. Um, and no disrespect to anybody before, but nothing I've experienced is like this group of people. Um, I know people kind of say that and kudos. I mean, it's awesome to have that experience. For me, um, I, I won't say that I'm very critical. I'm not very critical, but I am very, um, I'm very thoughtful with, um, with how I work and, 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 and why I work. And it's been a very, very long time. And, and I haven't felt this level of connection, passion, um, artistry, talent, uh, and insistence to, move forward in such a beautiful way that honors humanity and um and each other as a group it's it's really incredible so of all the things with this show um and this huge success that it's going to be and all of that um you could take away all of that uh, but don't take away the people um the cast themselves what we have created and who they are um, to me, if, if the show never opens, so what? At the end of the day, um, I got a chance to be in a room 
with these gifted brothers and sisters. And that leaves more for me and gives me much more um, fodder that I can keep going on producing more great work and great art because I was in the room with them. Truly, you could take the show away. That doesn't matter. But the group of people that I work with, we could do any show together. Just bring another show and bring this group. Anything is possible. Wow, these are awesome people. Wow, that's awesome. Oh, you just wait. You just wait. Exciting, exciting. Well, Quentin, how can how can the listeners keep up with you? I can keep up with you. I was asking uh, others about this question because I'm not very socially media savvy. So yeah. wait a minute. Uh, so I had to train myself about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're hidden. Your secret. You're probably doing it right. Honestly. <laughs> I, a little bit. A little, I mean, there's some truth to that. But but I, I am on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it's my full name at Quentin Earl Darrington. Perfect. Easy enough. Is that? Is that easy enough? Is that the correct way you say that? Easy enough. Cool, cool. So there's cool. there's that. So there's that. And then I'm also on Facebook as well. But I but I hear the kids don't use Facebook anymore. Is that true? Oh, the kids. I guess we do. We use it sometimes. We use it sometimes. When you get in contact with grandma? Oh, we get in contact with my aunts and uncles. Um, you yeah. need to come over to <laughs> Mean Girls because Mean Girls will teach you all about the young people social media world. Is that what all the show is about? Is- I mean, not about it, but we do a lot okay. with it. Talk about, I'll talk a lot about it and stuff. So it's fun. That's there's, cool. there's even That's a whole cool. song about kind of what social media is, how it's taken over teenagers and it's it's all it's called stop so it's it's basically saying guys too much of this (laughs) i am absolutely coming to see your show okay i can't wait to see yours too it's gonna be great yeah it's gonna be fun well quentin it was a blessing to have you on the show today i just really appreciate your time and your wisdom and you're awesome so can't wait to be back in the city oh amen god bless you thank you so much loyally What a word, you guys. Quentin taught me a lot in our short time talking together. Something that really stuck out to me was when he talked about how our lives as followers of Christ is a continual dying to ourselves so that we can love and serve others like Jesus has loved us, to go lower so others can go higher. In my Bible study community, College Girls for Christ, We've been walking through the book of Philippians in Jenny Allen's study, Get Out of Your Head. Let me just say, if you want to be flipped upside down and wrecked in all the best ways, dive into the book of Philippians and let Paul call you to a life lived for the gospel in imitating the humility of Jesus Christ himself. At the end of every conversation, I ask the Lord to direct me to a passage of scripture to teach on at the end of the episode. I love having some time to open the Word of God with you and to bring some truth to light. I want to say that I don't teach on the Word of God because I believe I know all there is to know about the Bible. I definitely do not. I also will admit I'm not perfect at living it out. I am far from perfect. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior and anything good in me or coming out of my mouth is of God and from God. As Paul says in Romans 7, For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. 
But I also know that in Romans 8, Paul goes on to say, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. The Spirit of God is in me, and He is in you if you are a follower of Christ, giving us life. We have God with us and in us, and He is on the move, you guys, bringing people to know Him and to love Him every second of every day. I know where I'm going, and it's eternity in paradise with our loving God, and I want every one of you to know His love and to experience the peace, joy, and abundance found in knowing Jesus and walking in relationship with Him. I pray that more than anything, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that this time is life-changing for someone listening, and that in the middle of your day, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, that you have a real and transforming experience with Jesus through our time in His Word. And if you've had a life-transforming encounter with Him before, I pray that you're reminded of the goodness of our Savior, that nothing on this earth compares to Him and that it ignites a fire in your soul to share that with people in your life. Guys, we need it now more than ever. So today we are gonna dive into what Quentin touched on in the episode, and that is the humility of Jesus. If you have a Bible nearby or you have the Bible app on your phone, I encourage you to open it up and read along with me. Philippians chapter two, verses three through 11. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have this same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So first, I want to give some context for what we are reading, because context is everything in understanding and applying the Word of God. The book of Philippians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. Paul was a religious terrorist who had a life-transforming encounter with God, through which he was converted to faith in Jesus Christ, and then committed his life to bringing the message of Jesus to both Jews and Gentiles. Paul one who had persecuted Christians, becomes one of the greatest evangelists of all time, writing 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament. Just insane. He also goes on to become a Christian martyr, being severely persecuted and then killed because of his faith in Jesus. Now in this letter, we find Paul in a Roman prison, likely with an execution sentence on his head. 
The context of this letter is the story of a man named Epaphroditus, a Philippian Christian who was sent by the Philippians to give Paul a gift in jail. This letter is Paul's response to the young church to thank them and to bring them a word of encouragement. Paul started this church and he loves the people there and he is eager to send them hopeful words to spur them on in the faith. And we jump into this letter when Paul is calling them to imitate Christ by way of humility, to die to themselves so that others may see their selfless ways of love and glorify the Father in heaven. He says, don't care about position or manipulate each other to promote yourself into the spotlight. Instead, choose the better way. Choose humility. Value other people above yourself. Live your life to raise them up. Don't just live your life focused on what do I need? What do I want? What can I get from this? Instead, care about the needs and wants of other people before yourself. And then Paul goes on to say, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He calls them to humility in their relationships with the people in their life. And he says that it all boils down to surrendering our minds to the Spirit and taking up a new mind, one focused on things above. That is the mind of Christ Jesus. Paul says, wanna know what humility looks like? Look at Jesus and see how he demonstrated it for us. He lays out for them a description of Jesus' perfect and sacrificial life, his undeserved death, all for a people who didn't do anything to earn what this humility would give them. He says, look who Jesus was, being in very nature God. Here we have Jesus, God incarnate, meaning God in human form, ultimate humility, born as a baby in a feed trough of a manger to a mother and a father raised in the lowly town of Nazareth in obscurity and rejected by his hometown. This is humility. Paul says even more, look at what Jesus didn't deserve. In Philippians 2 verse 6, it says, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Jesus lived a perfect life and was one with the Father, 100% God and 100% man, and yet he didn't use his status as a means to look down on those seemingly lower than him, though he could have. He was on a rescue mission for the saving of us, and that meant laying down all of himself to redeem all of us. And Paul goes on laying out what Jesus did. Verse eight says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus humbled himself, not just to authority or human weakness, hunger, heartache, and temptation, though he did do all of those things. He went further than any man would go for a bunch of sinners who rejected him. He humbled himself to death on a cross. Jesus gave it all. The Greek meaning for the word humbled is tepeno, which means to make low. He made himself the lowest of lows so that he could be with us forever and so that we too could one day rise up with him and with all those in the faith who came before us. He gave everything, 
so we could have everything. Because of sin, we were eternally separated from Christ, and Jesus' act of humility on the cross and His resurrection on the third day granted us victory so that we may share in the eternal hope of glory. And then Paul lays out how Jesus' humility on behalf of all mankind led to Him being raised and exalted to the highest place, giving Him the name that is above every other name. It's why at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's powerful. Jesus is humility. So what does this mean for our lives? Well, I'm still learning. It's one thing to know what it means and to believe it. It's another to truly live it out. I'm thankful that God is gracious. And when we ask for help and understanding, He teaches us. But wow, be careful what you ask for, because working out the humility muscle is a doozy. I wish I could say it's been a cute little counseling session with the Lord where He teaches me about what that means. But it's been far from that. It's more so a stripping away. A nudge to take time out of my day to talk to that friend who needs encouragement. To stop what I'm doing and to say yes to serving someone else. To go out of my way to care for the person who makes me feel impatient without expecting anything in return. To give up on my end so that someone else is loved and taken care of. I'm learning that putting others above myself isn't just challenging, it's outright hard. My instinct to do what I want to do, to stay on track with my schedule, to think about things I want, and to take care of myself. This is my sin nature. But God calls us to a better way, a freer way, one that leads to fullness of joy, a way of bringing ourselves lower so that others can go higher, a way of loving people that requires us to sacrifice our own precious time, energy, and resources. After all, what is love if it doesn't cost something? It's humbling to think that our Creator God loved us so much that He brought Himself to the lowest place for us. And me and you, as Christians, we're little Christs, called to live out lives of humility, reflecting Jesus to a world desperate for His love. Jesus says it plainly in Mark chapter 8, verses 34-36. through 36. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? This world distracts and consumes in a way that makes us forget that we are living for a kingdom outside of the here and now. We must cling to Jesus like He is oxygen, and remember, like Paul said to the Philippians, in relationships with one another, we must have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, laying down our lives in love for others. I find this especially comforting in a time where most of us don't have big stages or platforms to do awesome things. We have a big purpose in the here and now. It's the purpose that will always matter above all else, and it is to serve. As Beth Moore says in her book, Chasing Vines, all a servant requires is someone to serve. As long as you can meet somebody's need, you still have a purpose. 
It doesn't take much to matter. It just takes meaning. Your growing comes in shrinking. I want to end our time together today with a verse and a prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15 says, And He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. Will you pray with me? Father, thank You for sending Your Son Jesus to die for our sins. Thank You for going to the lowest place to raise us up to be with You. The most radical act of humility ever. Thank you that with the power of your Holy Spirit, we are empowered to live out the humility of Jesus in our lives and in our relationships with others. Show us what that means today, God. Give us an action step so that we can be the light in this world, putting ourselves aside and dying to our selfish desires to love and serve others. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, thanks for spending some time with me today. I cannot tell you how much I am loving getting to have these conversations and share them with you. If you want to hear more from me each week, head over to the show description and subscribe to my newsletter. I'll send you show notes, links from the show, and a little love letter each Wednesday straight to your email inbox. If you haven't already, be sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying it, leave a rating and a short review. This helps the show, and I appreciate it so much. A big thanks to Helen Kemeny and Mike Stapleton for the original music heard on the podcast, and thanks to Colleen Bruton for being the most awesome editor of the show. Go in light and love, friend, and I look forward to next week. <laughs>